with me. Father God, we praise you and we thank you. We thank you for this night, a night that we come together. Just as you gathered your disciples together on the night that the betrayal began. And it's not a betrayal that only Judas started. But it's one that Satan has been seeking for a long time. And it's in this moment that we ourselves become wrapped into this story. That we ourselves become characters. Characters of this narrative, of this reality, and at times we're like the disciples, and at times we're like Judas. And at times we receive blessing, and at other times we're like Peter and we deny. And so, Father, as we start to, again, enter into this story, may you yet again, as you do every single day, enter into our lives, showering us, washing us, and giving to us what we don't deserve your complete and undeserved love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, there are many images that we could talk about. Many images that play out over the next three days, four days. And one that is incredibly impactful is what happens in that upper room. Up in the upper room, Jesus stoops down and he serves his disciples. As we just heard read, he, he washes their feet. And when you start thinking about feet, um, they're not really pretty things, are they? Nobody really wants feet and likes feet. And if we were to do feet washing tonight, foot washing tonight, pretty much almost all of you <clears throat> would wash your feet before you came. Some of you would go get pedicures, right? At least put lotion on them, right? And then there would be a few of you who would intentionally probably make your feet extra stinky just because you like us so much, right? I'm not going to name any names. But here we get this incredible picture of what Christ is doing. What Christ has done, what Christ continues to do. And as we focus in on Christ's work, his total work from beginning to end, Alpha Omega, from his incarnation to his ascension. And today, as we come to a microscope and just focus on this moment in time, we don't know if it was an hour long to wash their 12 feet. Uh, we don't know if it was 10 minutes. We, we just, we don't know how long it was. But this image and this moment is one that encapsulates the heart of our God. Not just the heart of our God, but the of our God and what and who he is 
for us. And so tonight as we look at this, I want to focus in on three things. I want to focus in on the back of our Savior. And I want to focus in on him washing feet. And then I want us to consider his face. And as you look at Christ there, he's taken his outer garment off. He's laid himself bare. And you can see the definition of his bone and his, his muscle, which in not too long will be ripped and scourged. with Roman torture. It'll be ripped and torn with wooden splinters of the cross. And he bends down in the form of a slave. Doulos. To be your slave. And he serves. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Creator, stoops down to wash the dirtiest, stinkiest, nastiest thing. who he is. And he does it because the father asked him to obey. And he tells us to love one another as I have what? Loved you. And he has. And he says, remain in my love by obeying my commands. Remain in my love by being obedient to what I ask you to do. Do what I do. Serve my friends. And serve me by loving one another. And you know, it, it gives us a new lens because we too, in a much less significant way, but, but we do. We stoop down, and you can consider a, a mother bending down and, and giving a kiss to her, her child who's skinned their knee. And maybe it's the first time they skin their knee, and it's road rash, and you know road rash feels no good, right? You remember, though, I don't know if you remember the first time, but, but Lucas just did this the other day, right? He was running, and he skidded across, put his hands down, right, and skipped across the driveway, you remember how nasty that feels? And you look, and it, it's really not that bad, but you know that pain, don't you? A parent caring for a child, or, or how about a, an older child wiping food away from their aging parent, stooping down and loving one another? And so whether it's loving one another in the beginning of life or caring for 
an aging parent, we see how Christ's act of love and service to us, and we get to love and, and serve one another. You know, Galatians talks about this fact that we should carry one another's burdens. We're not real good about letting others carry our burdens, are we? It's really hard to, to let people serve you. And yet in this image, we can see that that's exactly what Christ wants to do, is to serve us. For us to serve others, and to let others serve us. Because that's what the body of Christ does, and sometimes we get in the way. Maybe it's our self-reliance. Maybe it's our pride. Maybe we're not wanting to hang someone out to dry, or it's just no big deal. But we have to realize when someone offers to serve us, we may just be denying their joy of service in the name of Jesus. So a question we can ask tonight is, will we allow our self-reliance to get in the way of the spirit of joy that God wants to bring through service to one another? There's a poem that, that kind of grabs this. It says, the wind of joy will blow most clean when you and I have felt and seen that sin keeps joy from being wide and every sin takes root in pride. The wind of joy will blow most clean when you and I have felt and seen. I believe that as we allow others to serve us, we give, we allow joy to occur. And I know you love serving one another. And so let's not be an impediment of God wanting that spirit of joy to continue. And so we see this vulnerable back that won't look like it does in just a few hours, but we see him stoop down and we see him serve in obedience. And then our eyes take focus and we zoom in and we see him holding the disciple's foot you see him caring for and washing. You see in his hand an intensity. You see even in his, his posture with his shoulders and his hands, he's doing a thorough job. And there he is, washing the disciples' feet, cleansing it, and you see in this moment, I, I see a, a personal contact. I see a, an intimate moment. Where the Savior is caring for his child. You see this, this picture right here. This moment of Christ's hand on the disciple's foot. 
is not just central, a central image to this moment in time, but doesn't it play out as a, a central image of all of our lives as followers of Jesus? That Christ is there in the moment at the center. You know, there is a, a young American uh, Air Force captain who came home from war. And he was struggling with life. Home life was very challenging and difficult. Difficult in finding purpose, and, and there was fighting going on at home, and he was struggling with all sorts of things. And so he finally decided that he'd go to a psychiatrist. Got into counseling. And the counselor said, you know what your problem is? You know what the diagnosis is? Is you don't have anything at the center of your life for everything else to revolve around. i make a long story short. A friend of his ends up sharing the reality that there is a savior and something bigger and something even more poignant, intimate, significant that starts to piece all of these tentacles, all these things that are strewn about that don't seem to have order, so they seem to be chaotic and disconnected. And he came to know Jesus as his personal savior. You see, this, send, this image, it's central to this moment in time, but isn't that true for our lives? That Christ serving us is really the heart and the soul of who Christ has made us to be. And what he says about who we are, that our identity is rooted in him. That we are his dear son, his dear daughter, dear redeemed child, son of the most high, daughter of the most high. That the chaos of the world and the sin of the world and the, the fallenness of, of all that's going on. And whether we're dissatisfied or things are disagreeable in life, that here at the center at this moment that Christ truly has come to serve you, to care for you, to tenderly take care of you and tend to you. It's a beautiful picture. And for those of you who are taking your first communion tonight, I pray that Christ will be at the center, not just as an image, not just as an idea, not just as what mom and dad want for you, but that more and more that the joy of, of Christ's service towards you would be something that becomes intimate in the center of what your whole life is orbed around. And it's going to take time. It's already taken time. And sometimes you're going to be like way off. And centrical, centrifugal force is going to like throw you way off. And then he's going to pull you back in. And sometimes that centrifugal force that throws you way off is something that you caused. And something, sometimes it's some force outside of us. The world, Satan, 
some situation that we don't understand. We don't understand why, and we just... And yet here in this moment, Christ comes to serve you. And in no more intimate way until we get to heaven does Christ come to serve us in his body and in his blood. That he takes these simple things, bread and wine, and he takes basic things like water. And he takes these things and he creates restoration and new life, and a place to orb and center our lives around again and again. That our resurrection, think about, you know this, you can give me maybe the great catechism answer, but really, how does bread and wine become body and blood? Yeah, exactly. It's called a miracle. That's the answer. It's a miracle. Luther can say whatever he wants, and I'm not picking on Luther. He's trying the best he can. You could, I, I have nothing better, so I just say whatever Luther says. So explain it. I can't. It's a miracle. How did Jesus rise from the dead? I'll know. Guess what? It's a miracle. Very good. We've all passed confirmation. Exactly, right? So you can shorten the program, Josh, all right? I'm teasing. We're going to double it next year. I'm kidding. Right? It's a miracle. We, can't, we, we try our best, right? But God's word, what he does tell us is this is what it is. And everything he has done, everything that he has said has come true. All God's promises come true in the Lord. And the only one that hasn't yet occurred is what? Right? That he's coming back again. And so here it is. Here he comes and says, this is my resurrected body and blood. It is here for your forgiveness. And I'll give you this. This is bonus material for you guys. Because Pastor Ted can't get past a Monday, Thursday service without giving it to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16. You need to remember that reference. Here we go. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? It's the only time, only place in Scripture that's ever those words are ever spoken together like that. Is not what is happening a participation in the blood of Jesus? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Talk about an intimate moment, right? Jesus washing his disciples' feet. How about an intimate moment that God is giving you himself, washing you clean, restoring you back in relationship and saying, you know what, you, <laughs> you might be struggling. You may not even be forgiving yourself. But I, the God of the universe, am forgiving you. So maybe, guess what, just maybe, just consider for a moment. Please, you might want to forgive yourself. Just saying, right? I, I'm just, I mean, just saying. The God of the universe just said, you're forgiven. So Sounds like a pretty good guy we should listen to and believe, don't you think? Yeah? All right. The joy of service. Lastly, we move. I should have shown you that before. Sorry. Jesus' face.
I am thankful that I'm a pastor, was a special ed teacher, and never an artist, because how could you ever? No painting of Jesus' face ever really, it always falls short, right? I'm like, how do you even do this, you know? But what I imagine is this, is that as Christ served those disciples that night, as he washed their feet, that he had joy. Joy that emanated from his face. Joy that filled his heart. That here is his creation. Here are the men that he invested in for three years. That he got to stoop down, get on his knees, take out his own, outer garment, and started to to wash their feet. And the joy of serving and loving and caring as a mother cares for her child, as a father uh, enjoys giving a rite of passage to his son, as an adult child cares for their parent and says, you know what? I'll do anything. I know what you've gone through because I've had my own kids maybe. And I would want them to serve me with care and to visit me and to love me even in the hardest and maybe the most challenging of times. The joy, the joy of service. And it reminds me of a time that for me that stops in my own life. And it was my junior year, summer of my junior year in college, studying special education. And we had to do a a summer internship at a camp uh, with folks with special needs. Um, All sorts, everybody on every spectrum, from learning disabilities to IQs, maybe at 55. And the joy the joy of serving and giving these kids the best week of their year was awesome. Tiring? Uh Uh-huh. Like 20-hour days at least. We just lived with them for a week. It was awesome, though. Messy? Mm Mm-hmm. But the joy of serving... And for some, the joy of serving some who in no way could articulate back a thank you. The joy of serving those who couldn't even serve themselves on any level. It's awesome. Life-changing, frankly. The joy of serving someone who can't help themselves. That's our Savior, right? Isn't that the message of our Savior? He says, for apart from me, you can do nothing. And so even if it's our best, or even if it's our limitedness, Christ is there at the center of all that we do. And we get this great joy of serving others. And it reminds me of this song by Big Daddy Weave. How about that for a band name, huh? I don't think they're in the hymnal. 
because they came too late. I think that's why. No. Probably a different genre. Okay. But there's a song they have called An Audience of One. But I think it gets to the point that we live for an audience of one for the blessing of many. Amen? Amen. We live for an audience of one, but a blessing for many. And this is one of those lines. And all that I have is life that you've given me. So, Lord, let me live for you my song with humility. And so tonight, we have focused on this moment. We've surveyed Christ washing the disciples' feet, being vulnerable and stooping down as a slave to serve, intimately washing and being the center and the orb of that moment. May Christ be the center and orb of our lives. May we serve in obedience to him for his glory. And may we serve the audience of one and the blessing for many. If you bow your hearts with me. Father God, for you are good. And you are so gracious beyond anything we deserve. And as tonight our confirmads enter and take for the first time your true body and true blood of the resurrected Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. May the truth be more powerful than the experience. May the reality be more powerful than any sin, any waywardness that occurs in any of our lives. That here we know objectively that you have come to serve us. Serve us with your life by dying on the cross. In Christ's name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. I invite you to rise as we sing.